0: One of the forms of work which is permitted on Yomtev is using a fire. A fire is needed to cook, and because of Beis Hillel's rule of Mitoich, one can use a fire for other things as well, as we saw earlier on in the Mesechda, to warm oneself up, for example. However, we're about to see that it is forbidden to start a fire on Tov. reason being that for cooking, one does not need to light a fire. Cooking is a separate category of work to the category which is lighting a fire, and the one which became permitted on Yom Tov because of Eichel Nefesh, was cooking, and for that one does not need to create a fire, and creating something is forbidden on Yom Tov. One cannot create anything new, so you cannot create a new fire. Rather, you can only use an already existing fire. And so the minister says, "V'lemina saur, one cannot start up a fire." V'lemina he cannot use wood. or stones, rubbing them together to create a fire. he can't use earth, hard pieces of earth. mayim, he can't use a glass containing water. One way to start a fire is if you paste water into a glass dish, and then the sun, the rays of the sun, go through the water in the glass, and that can, start, that can start a fire. So in any of these ways, it is forbidden to start a fire on Tov, Even if it's not a regular way to start a fire, nevertheless it is forbidden to create something new, and therefore this cannot be done on Yomtev. Tov. the next halacha of the Mishnah refers to tiles for the roof, which are made out of some sort of clay in general, and in order that the tiles be strong, they need to be heated up, and they are generally not fit to be real tiles if they are not heated up. It follows therefore that it is forbidden to heat it up on Yom Tov, since you are fixing and really completing the last stage of creating a vessel, a utensil, that is known as Tekun Mona, creating or repairing a utensil, and that is forbidden on both Shabbos and Yom Tov. says, the mission of Emin Labdin Ofim, Litzlis it is forbidden to literally, whiten, it refers to heating it up a lot, the tiles, in order to roast on them, even if he's heating it up just to roast on it, it also serves the purpose of repairing and really completing the utensil, and it is therefore forbidden. The Odom Ramb furthermore says, as well as what he said in the previous Mishnah regarding Mukta, he was lenient when it came to muktzah and over here as well. He is also more lenient than the chachamim. The halach is that any produce which grows during the shemitah year, once every seven years, when the wo- when the land isn't worked and the produce has certain restrictions to it and it's left ownerless for anybody to take, so that produce is exempt from the tithes. Now, in general, produce becomes obligated in tithes only once all of its processing has been completed and it's been totally harvested. And if it is a fruit which one is going to dry on the roof then that produce only becomes obligated in tithes once that process of drying it has been totally completed. And with it is forbidden to separate tithes on Yom Yomtev, reason being that it is similar to repairing or completing the last stage of an item, like Tikkun Because until now, when the tithes had not yet been separated, it was forbidden to eat from this produce. And now that you separate the tithes, it becomes permitted. So you're sort of fixing that produce, so it's similar to repairing an item, and therefore, mid-Jabon, it is forbidden to do so on Shabbos or Yom Tov. Now, Mishnah's focus is on different halachas, not to do with tithing. It's to do with the laws of Mukta. And therefore, the Mishnah talks of a case of produce which grew in Shemitah, which is exempt from tithes, and therefore that is not a problem, and the total focus of the Mishnah can be on the laws of muktzah. So if somebody has produce drying out on his roof, what does he need to do before Yomtev begins so that they will not be muktzah the next day of him to take? Says of Shabbas Eliezer, A man can stand by the area where the fruit are drying, on Erev Shabbos, the same way to plow on Erev Yomtev, by during the Shemitah year. And all he needs to say, what Oymar, and he says, from these fruit, some of these fruit, I will eat tomorrow. He does not need to specify which ones. This is enough. This shows that his intention is to eat from those fruit the next day he is not likely to change his mind, it's a real decision that I want to eat the fruit the next day, and therefore that's good enough to set those aside for use on Shabbos Tov. However, v'achachom em'em thechachom em'seh, ad he needs to make a mark and say mikhan v'adkan. From this point till this point, I'm going to eat tomorrow, on Shabbos Tov. that shows he is really setting them aside for use, he's done a more significant designation of those fruit, and that is necessary for them not to be mukta. One of the reasons being that of course he's not going to eat all of the fruit. So if he just designates all of them in one go, or at least he doesn't specify which ones he's going to take, so that is not considered a real designation. And so he actually has to specify which individual fruit he's going to actually take, in order that they not be muktsa for the next day. Per Aleph, This mission discusses a number of activities which require significant effort, and would therefore in general be forbidden in Yabonon on Shabbosul Yom Tov. However, if there is a significant loss of money involved, then it will be permitted to be bono lenient. And so if somebody has lots of fruit drying out on his roof, altogether that could be quite valuable, and he is afraid that it's about to start raining. So shilin One can lower down. He can push down fruit via the skylight on yomtev. So he can't lift up the fruit, because that is unnecessary effort. You can sort of roll the fruit towards the skylight, the window on the ceiling, which is the floor of the roof, and then the fruit will fall down into the house. That way it won't get ruined by the rain. However, Valiba Shabas, even just rolling them to the skylight would be forbidden on Shabbos, because the Abonan are more strict when it comes to doing things with lots of effort on Shabbos than they are with Yom Tov, an even greater degree of rest is required on Shabbos. Next example, on the Peres one can cover fruit or produce with utensils or clothes because of a leak. If water is entering into the house, so even though in terms of the sake of Yomtev, he wasn't planning on eating any of that produce on Yomtev itself, so it's generally forbidden to put in effort not for the sake of Yomtev. Nevertheless, to prevent the significant loss of money which could come as a result of the leak, one is allowed to cover the produce with utensils. Now the Mishnah adds that even if that produce is Tevel, Tevel refers to produce which has not yet been tithed, so it's forbidden to eat it, And since it is forbidden to tithe produce on Yomtev, Tevel is therefore considered to be Mukta. It has no use, you can't eat it. However, if there is a leak which is coming and it would ruin the Tevel produce, even though the produce is Muktah, one is still allowed to cover it. So the same would apply to jugs or barrels of wine or oil, and the like Gemara explains we are talking about wine or oil which is Tevel. Even though that itself is Muktah, one is allowed to take non-Muktah cloths or utensils or clothes and cover the produce with those. Now there is a prohibition in Jabonon when it comes to Shabbos and Yom Tov, known as Bitl Klime and this refers to making something muktza on Shabbos or Yomtev. So for example, if the water which is leaking into the house is dirty, so it has no use, you wouldn't be able to drink the water, or wash your hands even with the water. So the water itself has no use, and therefore the water is considered to be muktza. Now if you were to put a bowl below the leak to catch the water coming in from the roof, since the water is muktza, someone which is holding another mukta item also becomes muktza. It's known as a bosis ladavr ha-osur, a base, something which is holding a mukta item, and a boss's sladavah ha is also mukta. So you effectively made that bowl mukta. Now what's wrong with that? So fascinatingly, this is considered like building. Why? Because once it becomes mukta, it's forbidden to move it. So halachically speaking, you have fixed it in its place for the remainder of Shabbos Yom Tov. And so midr'abon on that is considered to be like building, and therefore to make something mukta, bitl klime hechonoi, is forbidden on Shabbos Yom Tov. Now the Mishnah's last law is discussing the exact same case, however, where the water is fit for use. Somebody could drink it, or perhaps wash his hands with it. So in such a case, one is permitted to place a dish underneath the place of the leek on Shabbos. Mr. Bates, this Mishnah is quite a general Mishnah for the entire Masechta, really. Discussing the similarities and differences between Shabbos and Yom Tov. Anything for which one is liable for. As Shavus, Shavus refers to prohibitions which are mid Rabbonon on Shabbos, so that one doesn't come to violate a prohibition mid Raisa of Shabbos. The Rabbonon placed many prohibitions mid Rabbonon, and that is known as Shavus. Secondly, Misham rashus Resurs refers to something which you fulfil a mitzvah when you do it, but it is not necessarily an obligation. And the Mishnah will bring a few examples in a moment. And in our case, it could be that it is an obligation. The reason why the Mishnah calls it Rushus is because it is not always an obligation. Sometimes it is voluntary. However, even then, when you do do it, it is considered to be a mitzvah, yet the bonon forbade it. And thirdly Mishum Mitzvah The third category are things which are actual mitzvahs The actual action you do is an action of a mitzvah and yet even in those cases the forbade it in certain instances. So the Mishnah will bring examples in a moment, but for now says the Mishnah about Shabbos, those Rabbonon prohibitions which apply on Shabbos, one is also liable for doing them if he does it on Yomtev. The Elohim Shavus. what are examples of rabbinic prohibitions which come under the category of Shavus, which have nothing to do with a mitzvah, Firstly, it is forbidden to climb a tree on Shabbos in case one comes to cut off a branch as he is climbing. Secondly, one may not ride on an animal again in case he might come to break off a branch as he is riding in order to use it as a stick to hit the animal and encourage it to go faster and it is also forbidden to swim in the water in case one comes to build a raft or something else in case it comes to a dangerous situation all these come under the category of Shavus Another example, Vlomitapchen, it's forbidden to clap, Vlomisapchen, this is a form of clapping where you clap on your side, on your hip, Vlomirakchen, and it is forbidden to dance in a proper way, where they would dance quite wildly, and in all these three examples, the reason is so that one does not come to repair an instrument, which is forbidden to do on Shabbosul Yom Tov. Now the second category, the Elohim is the following are examples of things which come under the category of Rishus, where it might not be a total mitzvah, but it certainly does involve a mitzvah. It's not necessarily an obligation. Sometimes it is, it depends on the situation. First, it's forbidden to judge a court case on Shabbos Yom Tov. One cannot do Kiddushin on a woman. That is the first stage of marriage, when one acquires the woman, and she becomes forbidden on the rest of the world. It's forbidden to do When a man dies without children, so there is a mitzvah on his brother to marry the dead man's wife. That's known as yibum, and that's sort of continuing the dead man's legacy. And if he doesn't want to or he can't do Yibum for whatever reason, then he does a process in Bastin known as Khalitsa, and only once that process has been completed, May that woman, the widow of the dead man, marry anybody else. Be as it may, in these four examples, it is forbidden to do this on Shabbos or Yom Tov, in case one comes to write up a document, the document of marriage, or in a court case you might need to write a document, there are certain documents with go- which go with all of these processes, and so to prevent this occurring, which would be a violation mid of Shabbos, it is forbidden mid now third category, the Elohim is Mitzvah. The following rabbinic prohibitions refer to actions which themselves are considered a Mitzvah always. it's forbidden to make something hektish, which means designating it to the Bes HaMikdosh and giving over the ownership to the Bes HaMikdosh. Secondly, it's forbidden to make an erech. Which is a type of hekdash and this refers to when you give the value of a person or an animal which the torah specifies what the exact value is there's a fixed value depending on the age the gender etc and you would give that to the base hamikdash that's known as erchen one cannot give a cheyrem he can't make something a cheyrem which again refers to giving over something to the besamekdash or alternatively to khanim and the reason why these three things are forbidden is because they are very similar to business. You're transferring ownership, and it's being done in a very formal way, and so it's not considered to be in the spirit of the day of Shabbos Uyomtev, and so it's forbidden midrabanon. And another one which we've seen a couple of times already in the Maserta. Le Magbi It's forbidden to lift up and separate Truma and Maiser. This refers to the various gifts which go to Karnim Olaviyem. The tithes, and the reason why this is forbidden, is because it is similar to fixing something, to fixing an item, tikkun since until now it was forbidden to use and eat, and you are making it permitted. So that is like fixing the item, and some jabon and it is forbidden, and ends off the Mishnah, called b'yomtev amru. All of these rabbinic prohibitions, the chachamim said, even with regards to yomtev, Kav So all the so they are prohibited on Shabbos because Shabbos is more strict than Yom Tov as can be seen from the next statement of the Mishnah Ein bein Yom Tov La There's no difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos Elo except for one thing Nefesh Only things which have to do with food preparation those things are permitted on Yom Tov Although as we have seen throughout the Mesechta according to base Hillel there is a famous rule of Metoich Shehut HaLetzeirech that a form of work which is permitted on Yom Tov for the sake of food becomes totally permitted even for other purposes. Mishli Gimel, one of the laws of Shabbos and Yom Tov is that of Tchum Shabbos and that refers to the maximum distance which one is allowed to travel outside of his city on Shabbos Yom Tov, and that distance is 2,000 amos. Now the focus of the last few Mishnays of the Masechta is a particular aspect of the Halachas of Tchum Shabbos, and that is that as well as a person not being able to travel more than 2,000 amos, things which belong to him can also not. And the Tchum of the person's items is defined by whatever the owner's Tchum is. So if you imagine, let's say, you've got somebody called Ruvain, and 3,000 amos away from him, lives Shimon. So Reuven and Shimon Shimon have 1,000 amas in common where they can both travel. Let's say they both travel towards each other. So if, let's say, Reuven and Shimon meet up and Reuven has a particular item of his, now Shimon can go back to his house, but Reuven is not able to go all the way to Shimon's house. So the halacha is that Shimon is not allowed to take Reuven's item and take it back to his his house either. Since the tochum of that item is defined by the tuchum of its owner. So the Mishnah says that of Akalim, animals and utensils karagli habolim, they are like the legs of their owners, meaning that their tuchum is defined by whatever the tuchum of their owners is. Now, just like we have seen a rule with regards to mukta that that if something is considered to be muktah when Shabbos Yom Tov begins so it remains muktah for the rest of Shabbos Yom Tov so a similar idea applies when it comes to the Tuchum Shabbos that the Tuchum of a person and an item is defined by whatever the Tuchum would be when Shabbos Yom Tov begins and therefore one who gives his animal to his son or to a shepherd after Yom Tov began It's like the legs, it's like the tuchum of the original owner, since he is the one who had it, and he did not yet agree with his son or the shepherd that he's going to give it to him, until after Yom Tov had begun already. The second half of the mission discusses brothers whose father dies, so their inheritance gets passed down to them, but the inheritance has not yet been split between all of them. However, there are certain items in that house where a particular brother uses it much more often than others. And since the father died, he's been the one using it. Utensils, which are sort of designated and used specifically by one of the brothers in the house. So although it's not officially totally his yet, since he does already have a share in it, all of the brothers sort of share all of the property at the moment. So by him using it more, that defines the tachum as according to him. So Ha'are Elu the tachum of those utensils which he is using more, follows his t'chum. Whereas those utensils and those items, which are not used specifically by one specific brother, it can go to any place where all of the brothers can go. So if let's say we take that example of Riven and Shimon, who are 3,000 amos apart from each other, if we imagine that they are the only two brothers, then the items can only go in that middle area where both brothers can be. So that middle thousand amus in our example, since the items have the tachum and they are bound by the tachum of all of the brothers.